0: Listen, I get it. No teacher out there wants to receive a text or an email from a parent saying that their child is being bullied. But what can you really do about this? Aren't parents a package deal? According to today's guest, Dan St. Romain, there's plenty you can do about it. So be sure to watch until the very end because Dan's going to help us work smarter and not harder when it comes to addressing parent concerns like bullying. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood, where we believe in leveling the playing field and bridging the gap between the world of preschool, pre-K, and K-12 education. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and I went from a pre-K teacher of 20 years to a passionate advocate for high-quality early childhood education. I truly believe that the work you do, yes, you as an early childhood professional, is absolutely crucial, not just for your students, but society as a whole. I believe that you deserve to have the tools and training that you need to do your job well so you can really embody your role as a professional educator and your students can achieve their true potential listen in each week as I bring you real conversations with me and other early childhood teachers and experts where our mission is to guide you on your journey to becoming the most well-equipped and highly trained professional educator you can possibly be. All while helping you teach smarter, not harder, so you can live more. And there might even be a little humor thrown in here and there just to keep things light and fun. If you'd like to get started upping your early literacy game today, check out my book, Teach Smarter, Literacy Strategies for Early Childhood Teachers on Amazon. So Dan, welcome back to the Behavior Bites series. We are thrilled to have you here again. And today's topic, this is quite a hot topic that I think a lot of teachers have dealt with in more recent years right? And that's the, my child is being bullied that we hear from a lot of parents. And I think that it's not that bullying may have increased. I'm not, this is just my opinion. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure that it's that bullying has increased. It's that the awareness of bullying has increased. Am I right? Wrong? What what, what do you think?
1: We have words that um, come to very high fruition, you know, throughout the years. And and one word that has risen to the top and bubbled up is bullied, 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 bullied. And, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of research out there on bullying and mistreatment. Um, And I I think it is out there, but it's always been there. You you dealt with it, Vanessa, when you were young, Mm -hmm. I dealt with it. We've always dealt with it. I think because it has risen to the surface and bubbled up the top, we're hearing that more often. I hear a lot Mm -hmm. of teachers come up to me and say, every year I get several parents that will email me and say, my child is being bullied. What are you going to do about it? And how are you going to handle it? But it's specifically about bullying. When I talk about this topic, I always go back to one thing, and it's the idea of the relationship. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that when we're working with parents, that we have a good working relationship because our relationship is going to be the first thing that determines how information is received and then this you know this i always talk about when working with parents you have to build a bridge before you walk on it right if the first time the parent hears from you is something negative the parent might potentially shut down we build that relationship with the parent. And then if we do have to deal with sensitive topics like bullying mm-hmm. or misbehavior or anything else, then when we work with the parent and we give them information that is all filtered through the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if, Vanessa, if you have a good relationship with a parent and they really trust you, whatever information you give them, they're going to filter through a positive lens of you're really trying to help my child. If for whatever reason, we don't have a strong working relationship with a parent, then when we give them information, they might unassume positive. They might go to a place of judgment. Right. So when parents are coming up and saying, my child is being bullied, can we have a conference? The first thing I'm going to say is we need to have been proactive in terms of building relationships. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say proactivity, and people have heard me talk about this a lot, I like at the very beginning of the year, for all of my parents sort of laying a foundation for who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So at back to school night or at parent conference at the very beginning of the year, I let all of the parents know that one of the things that I am trying to do is encourage independence with your child. Mm -hmm. I also tell them I'm a dad, I'm a dad of four boys. And you know what I realized? I realized a lot of times with my own children, they would come up to me and say, someone was picking on me. And as a parent, sometimes I would jump in and intervene. And you know, what I realized I tell the parents, I realized that as a parent and as a teacher, I'm not always going to be there. So one of the things I tell my parents at the very beginning of the year is when your children come up, if they're having a problem, I'm always going to go back and say, so Michael, what can you do to solve that problem? Mm -hmm. And I approach the bullying head on. I'll say, you know, a lot of kids will come to me and say, so-and-so is looking at me funny. So-and-so took my toy. And I let all the parents know before any issues arise, I say, the first thing I'm going to ask them is how can you solve that problem? And mom and dads, the reason I tell you that is because your child may come home this year and say, someone looked at me funny. Someone's picking on me. And I want you to know how I handle that because here's what I want you to hear from me. I want your child to be safe and I want them to learn in my room. So when your child comes up to me, I want to empower them so they can solve their problems on their own. Now, what I'm also going to tell you is as their teacher, I'm going to keep them safe. They come and tell me someone's picking on me. My radar is going to go up. I'm going to be doing a whole lot more monitoring of that situation. So I proactively work with the parents. So the parents know going into the whole entire year, this is how I handle those situations. Right tell the parents, obviously, if your child tells you that, please let me know, send me an email because I want to be aware of that. But what I find that does, Vanessa, is number one, it helps the parents understand right from the beginning how you deal with those situations Mm -hmm. so that if later their child does say, I told the teacher Johnny was picking on me and they didn't do anything about it. I want you to know what I am trying to accomplish. And that is to help your child solve that problem. So really being proactive and teaching the teach parents before issues Mm -hmm. arise, I think really is powerful.
0: Absolutely. I am a huge proponent of back to school night, parent orientation, whatever you might call it, wherever you are, it's called many different things, but it's so, so, so important. And I think that if you don't have that opportunity to meet with families before the first day, it is so much harder to build that relationship. Even if you wait till the first conference, you know, the first conference in most public schools isn't going to happen until October, right, or even November. And that's too late to start building a relationship, at least in my opinion. I could be wrong. I mean, there's I'm certain there have been people who've done it successfully, but I think it's so important that everyone knows that every parent knows that before. Their child even sets foot in your classroom, right? Because until then, you're going to be on shaky ground, I think, as far as a relationship goes. And you know, a lot of stuff happens in those first, what, four to eight weeks. (laughs) A lot of things. There's going to be a lot of things. So I think it's so important. So if you don't have one, I highly recommend advocating for one, um, if at all possible, because they're so helpful.
1: And there are two pieces of that. one is at our school, we have for in our pre-K program, we do home visits. And so ah, yes. the teachers go and do home visits. And that's before the child ever arrives at their door. And that is right. such a powerful venue yeah. because you're in their home. You're on their turf. It You get you get a sense for where they're coming from. But it's just a really great time and place yeah. to be proactive and approach that. That's one thing I think of is the back to school night. But the other thing I'm thinking of is just because I want to make this very clear. Some issues like this one, I do not recommend typing in a letter and just sending home No, because you can't provide context. I always, when I'm working with teachers, I say, okay, first, first hope, hope is that you do things face to face, Yes. then a phone call, then an email. But I think a lot of time for expediency, we shoot out emails or we send home a letter. The mm-hmm. problem is that doesn't convey emotional context in the same way that face-to-face does. Yes. So I just caution people, don't send home a, a blank letter saying, you know, when children come up to me, I tell them, how are you going to solve that problem? Because right. you can't provide the same context. So yeah. you need to be real careful. Yeah. So the whole first part of it, Vanessa, is just understanding that Proactivity is going to be better than reactivity a hundred percent of the time. If the first time you hear from that parent is my child's being bullied, you're they're already in a defensive stance because they feel like well right. the teacher should not be doing something about it. Then you've right. got to backtrack.
0: Yes, absolutely. Ever find yourself dreading the school bell? No, not the one in the morning. I'm talking about the afternoon. You know, the bell that lets you know your littles are gone for the day and you can get back to that mountain of planning and prep work on your desk after that staff meeting, of course. Some things are just unavoidable for early ed teachers, just like those pesky staff meetings. But being overworked and overwhelmed doesn't have to be part of the job. Not if you've got the right combination of knowledge, curriculum, and support. That's where the Teaching Trailblazers program comes in. It's the program for pre-K teachers who want to bring their A-game to their students and still have a life. Go to teachingtrailblazers.com to apply today. I think it's so important, Dan, that... We have these conversations face-to-face with parents because, you know, it's like you said, the good, better, best. You could send an email. You could give a phone call. Um, In an email, you can't convey tone. It could be, so-and-so hit Jimmy today. Or it could be, so-and-so hit Jimmy today. Or, you know, it's just, there's tones. There's different tones that you don't get in an email. You could do it by phone because then they can hear your tone, but they can't see your body language, you know? And then you have to deal with any parents who are second language learners. That's really going to be a hot mess, in my opinion. (laughs) Always face to face is always, always, always better. But then teachers always tell me, well, I never see my parents because I put them on the bus and so forth. And so then you're going to go with the next down, which is the phone call, you know, or invite them up to the school, whatever. But I really think face-to-face is so much better than anything else you can do. And that's why I love home visits, too, because if you really want to get parents on your side, when I worked at Head Start and we did home visits... It was a completely different dynamic that I had or a relationship that I built with parents in that situation. The meetings with the parents up front and we had to do them again at the end of the year, they were on my side from before even the first day of school. They were so receptive to anything I had to say I really felt like that we were more of a school family because of it. So I, I totally applaud your former district because that is super unusual for a public school uh, to do that. And I, it's something I really missed. But at the same time, they always stressed me out quite a bit as well.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of work, but the work is so worth it. Um, yeah. Now, when we're talking about I know this is specifically on dealing with my child just being bullied. But I want to reiterate that point because, Vanessa, it's an important one. If a parent sends home a note saying my child is bullied, a parent sends home a note saying my child said this or anything that is contentious, do not reply in that same format of a note. Right. So if I get and we've all had those emails, Vanessa, it's happened where you can tell this parent is not a happy person. I will send an email. Say, say, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Please call me at three fifteen so we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's, and I know that's work, but trust me, that is such a better situation mm-hmm. than you just shooting out an email. I know the email's quicker, but then you shoot an email and say, you know, I appreciate you bringing this to my attention, but your son didn't give you the whole story. Will they read it? My son didn't give me the whole story. You know, I mean, they read all this tone into it. So right. you have a good point about. Um, making sure that you try to alleviate that. yeah, um, so let's go to another the next section of this, Vanessa, which is, okay, well, what if the school year's already started, and mm-hmm. I may not have had a chance to develop the relationship, but I'm getting this you know email or this note, or the parent is saying my child's being bullied? This is, I think, sometimes a pivotal piece of information that I learned the hard way. And that is, Vanessa, when a parent tells you my son is being bullied or they bring up any uh, any problem to you, I have found one of the absolute best ways to disarm the situation is to thank them. Oh, I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. You know, sometimes these problems happen and I don't know about it and I can't solve the problem. But when you bring it to my attention, we can work together. You have you have no idea how much I appreciate you letting me know this.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. That's powerful.
1: It's very powerful because if they're in defensive mode, they're waiting just because of the way human behavior works. They're waiting to become more defensive. It's just like a child who says, I'm not going to do that and say, you're right. You don't have to do that. Like they don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. When there's a push, you're expecting a pull, right? So When a parent says something and you validate and thank them, it disarms them. They feel validated. It strengthens the relationship. And you can say, you know what I know? Bottom line is both of us want your child to be safe. This information helps me. Let's talk about it. Like right away, it just completely takes the tension out of it. And you know, when I have a parent coming up, I wanna talk to you, I'm so upset, I'm so upset. Before they can ever rant on any concern they have, I say, you have no idea how much I appreciate you coming up here. You don't, you just, you don't understand. Because now that you and I can sit, I bet we can work through this. You know, and I can just see their shoulders come down because they feel like I'm not being defensive. So sometimes I think you have to go a little overboard in a genuine way, right? validate them so that they move out of defensive mode into what your next piece is, which is problem solving mode. Right? Validation. I think Vanessa is critical for bringing the tension down. So then you can go back to the common goal of what I know, mom, both of us want the best for your child. Yes. Talk about what's happened. Yeah. So I've taken defensiveness down a notch and now they're less likely to be as combative.
0: I love that piece of advice, Dan. It's so crucial. The way that you respond to accusations or or just statements like those can make you, just because of human behavior, like you said, makes you want to be defensive because, oh no, he's not being bullied or you know whatever, not under my watch. And instead flipping that situation, taking a breath, because it, it can be after you've had a hard day at work, right? And you've worked all day with these children and you're dismissing them for the day and you're thinking about all the things you have to do next. You have to put on your next hat. You have to go to a staff meeting. You have to do lesson plans and report cards and all this. And instead, you have a parent confronting you. You you already have a short fuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Your uh, tolerance for these types of things have gone way down. By the time you're dismissing children, you're, you're tired. And so it can be really an easy way to just come back at them with the defensiveness. But instead, flipping it on its head can just make everything so much better. Better instead of harder. And we always around here. We always want to teach smarter and not harder, right? And I think this is the exact way to do it.
1: The other piece about that, Vanessa, is and and I'm I always am genuine. I really I'm not trying to just like say things to diffuse the situation. I really do appreciate. I would much rather a parent come to me with a concern then to fester and talk about right. and you know, talk to all the other parents about it. And have right. had that situation as well. So yeah. when I tell them, I appreciate them coming to me, I am being very genuine, but I find when I go to that stance and, and, you know, what's so interesting, Vanessa, is this isn't just about contentious parent discussions when it right, right. comes up to me upset anybody. What I find is when I go to that place of empathy, concern and appreciation for them, bringing it to my attention, you know what else it does, Vanessa? It buys me time to take a minute right. to step back to get it, because my initial reaction might say, "Yeah, Mom, I understand that," but your child, you know, and all of a sudden, right. now it it's he said, she said, and you get into defensive mode, and then that blows up into a power struggle. Right. So when I when I really get into the habit of validating as a first step, it allows me time to take a deep breath to figure out how I do want to respond. Now, you said, Vanessa, at the end of a long day, your fuse is short. And here's what I'm going to say. You may not have an answer for that parent at that time. So the first thing we do is we validate. And then you can easily defer by saying, Mom, I want to give this my undivided attention. Mm -hmm. We have a faculty meeting that is starting in five minutes. May I call you in about an hour? Or do you mind coming back right after lunch? So you can still buy time without, you know, and I'm not going to say, oh, well, let's talk about it next week. No, give them a reason for why that specific time doesn't work, but then bring it. And when I tell them, because I want to give you my undivided attention, mm-hmm. and because this is a serious issue, can, you know, do you mind if we meet at this time, right at four o'clock, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that also buys you more time to cool off and think about how you want to deal with it. Right in addition to proactivity and being proactive by being, um, building a relationship, in addition to validating concerns, one of the most important things we can do when dealing with difficult behaviors is watch our timing. I know a lot of times a parent will come up and I'll watch them. They'll look at a teacher and they'll say, my son said, Johnny was picking on him," And the very well-intentioned teacher looks at the parent and says, but what your son didn't tell you. And I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Like mom is in defensive mode. She's not ready to hear what her child has done wrong. She Mm -hmm. needs to hear that, but not at that time. Mm -hmm. We have to understand when people are in defensive mode, input is turned off. Output is turned on. Mom needs to be able to vent in a safe space, but she may not be ready to hear what she needs to hear at that time. That's when you defer because that same parent that's yelling and is upset will also come back to you at a different time. You can see they're vulnerable going, I don't know what to do with my child. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm frustrated. And you can look and you say, okay, now they're vulnerable. Now I can go in and we can work through the problem. So timing is critical when addressing this issue.
0: Yes, I totally agree. You know, another thing I thought while you were talking was a lot of, we're talking about little children here, right? We're talking about children ages three to five. And a lot of what bullying is, is often maybe just normal early childhood behavior. Like I've had parents say before, she's not sharing with my child. She's bullying her. She doesn't want to play with her. Well, guess what? Those are very normal behaviors For a four year old, or maybe this child in particular that she's pointing out is really not functioning at a four year old level. Maybe the child is functioning at a three year old level, which is very normal. You know what I mean? So it's really important that we define like what the difference is between normal early childhood behaviors, you know, snatching things from each other, not wanting to play and be your friend. What's the difference here? What's normal and what's not normal? And I think that because we've heard the word bullied so much. And we think of, you know, I have to protect my kids against this horrible thing called bullying that our hackles get raised more easily now than they ever have before. I don't know what you think about that. Oh,
1: I have very strong opinions about (laughs) that. Actually, Vanessa, when we look at bullied, bullied is a specific form of mistreatment where there is an imbalance of power. Mm -hmm. I'm using my power Bullying is also when you have a child that is being targeted. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you have a child that mistreats a whole lot of kids. You know what I want to say, Vanessa? When a parent looks at me and says, My son's being bullied, I'm like, By who? And they're like, By John. I'm like, Oh, no, ma'am. He does that to everyone. Your child's not special. I would never say that, and I don't mean to be so flippant about this, but mm-hmm. bullying is a specific type of mistreatment where it's an imbalance of power and one child is being specifically targeted. And we have a lot less of that than, you know, a lot of people will just throw the term bullying on any type of mistreatment. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it makes it okay just because it's not bullying. Right. But you bring up a good point in that when a parent says my child is being bullied, I'll say, talk to me of what is happening. He's calling my son names. Okay, if you tell me he's calling him names, I can work through that. What else? Oh, he, you know, grab toys out. Okay, we're going to work on respecting personal space. Like operationally define what the behavior is and deal with the behavior rather than real general terms like bullied because I am gonna also tell you this, Vanessa, if you look at me and say, your son is bullying my son, you are name calling my child. You're You're calling my son a name, just like you're saying my son's calling. So that term bullied, I I have a lot of issues with because I think it is overused. And although I do not agree with mistreatment, parts of mistreatment when kids call each other names or they aren't nice or they won't share is a very, very developmentally um, typical behavior for young children, as you say.
0: Well, Dan, I think you have given us again, your behavior bites are awesome, because you give us so much um, packed information into this just one short episode. So I really appreciate that. And I know our audience does too. So where can um, our listeners, our viewers continue the conversation with you? What's the best way to do to do that?
1: I have a website and it's just my name, www.dansaintromaine.com. But I will tell you the easiest way to find me is just to type out my name and do a search on it. And my website will pop right up from there. They can get to my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I do all of those. That's awesome.
0: Thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our listeners um, for taking the time to join us today and either listen or watch. And until next time. I'm Vanessa Levin, this is Dan St. Romain. If you love what you've learned in this episode, you've got to come check out the Teaching Trailblazers program. Teaching Trailblazers is the place for teachers like you to get the professional development, resources, and support you need to thrive. It's where you can learn relevant, life-changing best practices with professional development created specifically around the challenges early childhood teachers face. It's where you can get access to a complete research-based pre-K curriculum that you can use to supplement your existing curricula or use on its own to get 100% of your students kindergarten ready by the end of the year. And it's where you can hang out and connect over all things early childhood with other teachers just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will rock your teacher world. I guarantee it. Come join us at teachingtrailblazers.com to get more information and apply. That's teachingtrailblazers.com. I can't wait to see you there.